848 on the Crosstalk on WIZM. We have regular conversations with groups that offer this community so much in so many different ways. And it is absolutely my pleasure to touch base, even when what is being offered is uh, dramatically different than the norm. And one of those organizations is the YMCA in La Crosse. Our guest is Big Cheese Bill Soper. Hey, good morning. Are you? Uh, how are you? I'm, I'm okay, Mike. How are you doing? I'm all right. Working from home just like you and uh, yep. trying to make some sense of all this craziness. In the meantime... Uh, well, you're working less on keeping the doors open, but kind of working on keeping the doors open down the road, right? We are, Mike. You know, we, you know, well, unfortunately, we had to lay off about um, 525 part-time staff and 38 full-time staff. We we still have a team of about 50 mostly full-time people who are, you know, doing the emergency child care down at the uh, Doll Y. They're doing the emergency child care at the Hauser Y. Uh, of course, Sarah Johnson's still doing her mental health work in the community, which is really critical right now. Our community health worker, Chris, is out working with some of the most vulnerable folks in our community. Um, of course, we have to keep our facilities really clean while the kids and families are in there uh, coming and going from child care. So um, we're still doing a lot. We've just got a much smaller team, um, hopefully temporarily. Uh, I'm curious, uh, uh, Bill, you, you mentioned that Chris is doing uh, community work with the most vulnerable members of our community. Uh, who are those vulnerable uh, members of our community, the most vulnerable, and what is it that Chris is able to do to help them? Yeah, so thanks for asking that, Mike. So Chris is our community health worker, and he's been with us uh, uh, for a few months, and he uh, he was grant-funded when we first got him started. Of course, that grant has run out now, but we thought it was important to keep him doing his work. So just in the last couple of days, and, and knowing that I was going to be on the call with you, I reached out to Lee, who supervises Chris, and Lee says, in the last couple of days, so there was a family that became homeless because of this crisis, and they were able to arrange um, temporary hotel stay for them. And there was another woman that Chris is working with who is homeless, and Chris was able to arrange for temporary housing for her as well. And so that's the kind of stuff that he's doing right now. He's, he's trying to get really life-saving and essential services out to people who would, frankly, right now fall through the cracks. Yeah, and, and you, you wouldn't be able to hear from those people if they're homeless. They're, uh, I don't know what, living in their car with a cell phone that's got enough juice to last for one or two more phone calls or no, no cell phone at all. Wow, that, uh, that's a pretty vulnerable group. Is that a lot of people? That yeah, group? you know, Chris has a, yeah, Chris has a, um, the, um, the work that he does is, is really dictated by the, um, the uh, grant that we received and so on. And uh, he's got a caseload, I believe, of about 25 people that he works with. And wow. so he, again, he's, um, it, we, we just felt like it was really important that he stay on and keep doing his thing right now. So um, we made that decision. That's, yeah, well, uh, I can't disagree with that decision at all, helping the community. And I know uh, people are thinking right now, big deal, 25 people. We live in a community of 55,000. Uh, 25 people won't be missed one or the other, uh, unless, of course, that's a member of your family, and then they're totally missed. 
I would say, you know, I agree, Mike. You know, it's, you know, it sounds like a small number, but um, if you were to become homeless and Chris was able to help you find um, housing, you would be very grateful to be one of those 25 who he is working with. And so, um, you know, that's just, you know, part of, you know, we've, we've never, we've never gone through anything like this, right? And so closing the Y doors and, and, Pivoting to do new things in the community has to, you know, we're looking through this new lens of what else. In fact, our group has been talking daily about what other things can we do in the community. And, of course, in addition to Chris's work in emergency child care, Sarah Johnson's still doing her mental health work, which is going to become even more critical going forward because people are isolated now. So she's, so she's uh, doing that with us. And, you know, Mike, you asked about keeping the doors open and certainly, you know, we've been encouraging our members to stay with us with their bank drafts so that when the time comes, we're sure. ready to reopen because the time is going to come when, um, you know, organizations get the, the green light to open again. And we know it's going to be a new normal when we open, but we need to be in a position to be ready to open and, and serve the community in a, in another new way. Well, and I know too, that the why is, is uh, continuing to focus on uh, what will be at some point, what will be an end to all of this. So uh, a, a hugely popular program with uh, the Y in the summer, the Y care, the surround care for uh, uh, kids in the summer. Th- that is, in essence, uh, being planned uh, for, planned on as though it will be normal, which is uh, real optimistic for a lot of families. It is, Mike. In fact, we've got we've still got um, hundreds of kids that have signed up for the summer care program, and of course, we don't know when the when that start date is going to be or anything like that. But of course, families are anticipating getting back to work, and uh, you know, I know that you know when when our kids were young, after spending you know four or five weeks at home with them, you you know you want to get them out and interacting with other kids and um, having that sense of normal come back. And so we're gearing up for um, summer. For that summer care program like we normally would and we, of course we don't know is the governor still going to have the rules on you know maximum 10 kids and all those things we just don't know yet but we will um our team will adapt and and we'll make it work and it'll be a great program regardless of what the what the rules are I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at the uh, hundreds of groups of kids uh, of nine (laughs) or groups of 10 kids divided by the thousands of kids that are involved in in Y-Care. There's going to be little scrums all over town. (laughs) Oh, I know, Mike. Sorry. And I'll tell you. It's crazy, but it makes me laugh. As this thing was all playing out and uh, as as the governor was coming, you know, out with rules and we're all ready to go. And then 10 minutes later, the governor comes out and says, well, it can only be um, no more than 50 kids and 10 staff. And we're like, whoa, is that 10 staff in our whole building or is that 10 staff in child care? But it seemed like every 10 minutes those were changing and our team just kept adapting and adapting to that and making it work. So we're really proud of the work they've, they've done and how quickly they've, um, you know, uh, put these things in place. It's nice to know that even for an old guy, you're still super flexible, and I appreciate that as a we member are, of the community. And I can hardly wait to get back to uh, using the Y uh, just like normal. But, yeah, you'll still get my uh, membership every month. And I appreciate your efforts to keep the community 
as engaged as possible in a healthy way. Hey, thank you very much, Bill Soper, the YMCA, continuing to do whatever it can 